Hey everybody, Dave Hagen here. Can you use Parkinson's law to make your productivity soar? That's today on the Financial Wellness Podcast. Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. Here is your host, financial problem solver and talk show host, Dave Hagan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the TFWP, or the Financial Wellness Podcast, as it's more formally known. This is Dave Hagan coming to you from Topanga, California today. Our engineers coming to you from beautiful downtown Van Nuys. Nick Appel has taken the week off, but look, hey, it's Brian Reed. Hi there, David. How are you? Good. You? I am uh, doing well. So so where are you this week? Um, Do tell. This week, I am still in Cleveland, but I will not be here next week, and I'm not going to tell you where I'm going to be next oh, week. Oh, secret. You still join where us. Where in maybe, the huh? world is uh, Brian San Diego? So I like it. I like it. All right. Well, you know, it still uh, just absolutely kills me that we can do this from all over the country and uh, have an interesting conversation, um, even though we're, we're sitting at desks, we're sitting in closets, we're sitting in studios. Interesting as all get out to me. So what is Parkinson's law. You know, when I first saw this, I'm going, Parkinson? No, I don't want to talk about Parkinson's because you think Parkinson's disease. No, 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 no. This is Parkinson's law. Very different. Parkinson's law is work expands to fill the time available for its completion. What? But this is actually a a, a maxim of, of productivity. I've always heard this, kind of knew it. I didn't know it had a name. So when I'm researching for the show, I came across this and said, get out of town. It's called Parkinson's Law all, all this time. And I didn't know it. The idea was co- coined by Cyril North, Northcote Parkinson. Who? I didn't know. Well, apparently he's a pretty famous British historian and author. And in 1955, fairly recently, he first started to use this phrase and it first appeared as the opening line in an article for the economist which is a pretty highbrow publication and it later became the focus of one of his books called parkinson's law the pursuit of progress now what does parkinson know about all this well he worked for the british civil service and he was seeing firsthand how bureaucracies tick and he was watching analyzing and making comments. So Parkinson's law, work expands to fill the time available for its completion. Means that if you give yourself a a week, for example, to complete a one day task, then chances are the task will increase in complexity and time to complete and become more daunting. So it'll take the whole week to fill that allocated time. Now, It may not be that the extra time is even filled with work, but just stress and tension about having to get it done. Are you buying this, Brian? 
David, I am buying this, but I, I'm going to make a reference and I don't want you to get a big head mm -hmm. about this. Um, but I remember way back when, when I was working for you, uh -huh. not with you. With you, correct. Although I was always working with you. You never made me feel like I was working for you. We well, we always work. We always work together. We were always a good team. Yeah. Um, but I remember you you mentioned that once and this is back at the first office not the second office yeah back in the tower mm -hmm. you made this statement that work expands or something very similar mm -hmm. and that stuck with me so when you know hearing you say it again this isn't a first time for me this is like an echo of years ago you always were aware of this fact yeah um, always aware but that doesn't mean i have to like it or enjoy it anymore it's but it's no no but i mean it's it i think it's it it's very much true especially the part about you will expand the complexity of a task mm -hmm. even if it's not that complex mm -hmm. almost to validate yourself by going i have to work through this problem to, oh. and then finish it by friday absolutely when you can just go what's the answer it's yeah. monday all right boom yeah. done move on yeah it's like hey what's two plus two you got a week to give me an answer okay i'll get back to you friday uh, wait a minute <laughs> two plus? are we do it's complicated do? it's complicated do? yeah do? yeah you know I, I and i don't think it's that that people are lazy although some people are i think it's just simply a human trait that a job will fill the time available to um, complete it. Um, you know, people don't tend to start making the hard choices in terms of time management until they're reaching a, a deadline. You tick know, tick tock, tick tock, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people might even be concerned about what they would do with the extra time. You know, if they have extra time, it may look make them look lazy, or they might uh, fall into the disdain of their other workers, or they. God forbid, might get assigned additional tasks. So it, it makes sense to, to bring those jobs exactly in on time and, and go along with our, our human nature. Um, you know, some people may think that the longer it takes to complete the task, that there's better quality in that task. And that's not necessarily the case, but I'm sure some people think that. And some people might just have an inflated idea of how long the task takes to to complete you know whatever whatever the reason it's not that people are being difficult intentionally it's not that people are being slow intentionally um, occasionally lazy intentionally but not very often it's just we need to be aware of it we need to be aware of this particular maxim of human productivity brought to us by Mr. Parkinson in, in 1955. And you know, if we know about it or understand it or acknowledge it, then it becomes possible to think about how to use it to your advantage. You know, so sure, some will argue that, you know, if this is an accurate observation, you could just put together the list of stuff that you need to do and assign one minute for each task. And somehow magically each task would be accomplished within a minute, but it, it's not a law. 
it's really an observation. It's a, it's a maxim. It's not a magic potion. It's just an observation. And we can use that to our advantage. And I think that it applies in work uh, and in, in personal life um, as well. Um, so I think it has lots of applications if we understand it and how to use it to our advantage. And here how I was, is how I was thinking we could use it to our advantage. In the morning, hopefully most of us are putting together a, a to-do list of some type, but it, when you're sitting in, down in the morning, make a list of the tasks that you need to complete and put a time next to each task. Create a, a deadline. Um, so that you have some idea of how long it's going to take you to get that done, or at least how much time you've allocated to get that done. I don't know if you're anything like me, Brian, but when I sit down on my desk in the morning, I look at, um, you know, I check the email and most of it's junk. And then it starts taking me down rabbit holes that I, you know, had no intention of dealing with at the top of my day. And then 30 minutes is 35 minutes. And I think if I had really put together a task list and put a time of, you know, 10, 12, 15 minutes, I'd be sliding through this stuff a lot quicker. I'd be going, oh, don't have time to look at that. That's not important for right now. Delete, 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 delete. And I think that this helps us start to put together our, you know, plan for the day. I did this same thing when I was, um, you know, helping to run a, uh, a nonprofit some years ago, and we were putting together the agenda. And we had this board of directors of these incredibly gifted um, Hollywood people coming together at this nonprofit. But the, the board's meetings were notoriously long because there were no allocations of time for anything. There, were, there was no um, allocation in terms of, um, you know, something being more important perhaps than something else. So when I would put together the agenda, I would set times for each task. You know, introductions would be five minutes and we'd have a discussion about da-da-da and this was marked to be 15 minutes. And it really helped us get through the meeting because we knew that we just couldn't take one thing and just have it expand into the, the whole meeting. So it really kept us, really kept us on track. And, you know, as you're going through the day trying to meet these targets, you can really draw upon that human instinctual longing for competition that fuels industries like sports and gaming. And you can use that to make it work for you. You know, you've got to win against the clock. You've got to strive to beat it as if it was your opponent. It uh, prompts you into making shortcuts um, for productivity without producing low quality output it really helps you put together your game plan and work at your game plan throughout the whole day. And a second thought, as you go through the day, keep track of what you're spending your time on. You know, as an attorney, I've had to keep timesheets a lot of my life and it's just remarkable how much your day gets put off track or how little of your time can be productive unless you really shut the door and buckle down and, and get stuff done. So as you go through the day, keep track of what your time is being used on. It'll help you see whether you're spending your time on your game plan, whether you are getting distracted by things, and it will help you prioritize the different tasks that you've uh, put together for your, for your day. So spend some time 
experimenting with Parkinson's law and, and use it as a way to structure your day and motivate you to get through your day, uh, trying to get things done in a, you know, a, a minimal, meaningful amount of time. And it'll squash your deadlines down to the bare minimum, not only at work, but also at home. When you have a day off, uh, there's things that you need to do or things that you want to get done. And you can use Parkinson's law just the same. But also be aware of the fact that there is a line between bare minimum and not enough time. Using Parkinson's, stay focused and not just wasting time. This is Dave Hagen, and you're listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications. Let's listen in now as Dave answers some emails. All right, Brian's got a big fistful of them, but there's one that I saw that I put right on top. It's from Bill. And I can understand why, Dave, because yeah. this is a 20-somethings, a and you love to debate these questions. So Yeah, yeah, kind, of a, kind of a longing thing going on for me there. So Yep, yep, yep. That's because, you know what, you're actually in kind of a Hawaiian shirt, and I'm, you know, always aware of that. So it's not gotta, a surprise. Gotta, gotta love the cool. islands. Yep, gotta love the islands. This one reads, Dave, I'm currently 25 and have been out of college for several years. I have a good entry-level job at a financial consulting firm. However, I just got a call from a friend of mine from college. He's working in Hawaii as a camp counselor for singles. He wants me to come join him for a couple of years to make a few bucks and just to have some fun. On one hand, this sounds like a lot of fun. On the other hand, it's going to bring me back, entertaining <laughs> my financial goals for a number of years. Your thoughts, and thanks for all the good work, Bill. So camp counselors for singles, I think that's code for uh, Club Med. What do you think? Yeah, Club Med, yeah, that's the exact same thing I thought was. Yeah. You just want to go play at Club, Club Med as a counselor there. Yeah, okay. you know, get tanned, explore lots of different drinks, meet lots of different people, you know, take them out on the water, have fun. Sounds pretty good. Sounds pretty good. Well, you know, Bill, I think that, you know, going off to uh, Club Med, I mean, the, the camp for single, um, single adults, uh, it sounds like a lot of fun. But if you do it, what's going to happen is you're going to be three, four, five years behind in your progression, in your career, in your financial life. And you may or may not want to do that. But that's, that's really the downside, it seems to me. I'm sure that you're going to have enough money to pay for your your food and what have you over at this place. And you'll have lots of memories and all sorts of good stuff, but you're going to uh, be behind the curve behind where you could have been, um, you know, for that period of time. Also, there's a, there's a very real risk. You just might dig it and not come back. I don't know how you'll feel about that at the end of the, you know, uh, at, at later on in your life. Um, but you may just go, wow, this is too much fun and, and not want to come back. 
So I think you could go either way on this. Brian, what are, what are your thoughts? While you're thinking about that, let me let me tell the, oh, the listeners this. I went to uh, between uh, between undergrad and and law school. Um, I kind of felt like I was missing out, so I took a, I took a gap year and I did some things that I wanted to do, including um, doing a lot of skiing. So when I went off to to law school, at least I got a little bit uh, out of uh, of it out of my system. But I got to also tell you, maybe not enough. <laughs> oh what a, he's 25 brian is I, really I, he's I, he's kind of betwixt and between on this wow i've never yeah, seen he, him so somebody yeah. had said, said this at 22 they just graduated yeah and they had a job lined up but they could take a gap year yeah i would tell them to go right now Mm -hmm. Just go have fun for a year. Got your entire life to work. Mm -hmm. He's three years out. And, you know, I don't know. He's had this good entry level job at a financial consulting firm, quote unquote. Um, I mean, if he got that job immediately, he's got three years invested in this place already. Yeah. If he just happened to, you know, I guess if he, if he's had it for three years, I would say stay. You've already invested that time. Okay. Why are you going to burn a year or a year and a half? Yeah. I, I mean, I guess he could always come back to the same place after three years, but they might not hire him because they no, look at him gonna, and go, they're not going to hire him back. You got too nice of a tan. We're jealous. You can't yeah. come back. And you're right. You're not, <laughs> you go to Hawaii, you might not come back. You might not come back. I got to tell you, I, I, I'm kind of bouncing back and forth on this one, but I think the, the phrase that I've been thinking about is going to carry the day. And that is, I heard somebody say one time that nobody on their deathbed says, I wished I'd worked a little more. And I, I think that brings into focus for me because there's good arguments on both sides of this, but um, yeah, to have that time and, and, you know, and to have those experiences. And if it's tough at three years, it's going to be really tough at five and impossible at 10 because seven, eight, nine, 10 years, if you're anywhere typical, you're, you got the dog, maybe a house, maybe a spouse, spouse responsibilities, and kids, kids the, now. the whole nine yards, you know? So I don't know, do it while you can. And, and also, you know, if you're doing it when you're younger, you're doing it when you're, you're, you're physically able. You don't know what is going to happen to you physically down the line. You might, you know, fall off a ladder and break a leg and not be able to run down the, the beach in the wet beach sand. Or, you know, you, you may have a, you know, right. eyesight or issue. Yeah, okay, okay. You, you're right. You know, I'm, you've swung me. I just... I'm not talking you off it. I'm just like throwing no, all just, sorts of stuff I'm thinking about. Have a hard out at 18 months. Okay. But what if, Fair what enough. does he, what does he do if it's like three years down the line and he's going, uh, I'm kind of liking this uh, Mahalo uh, no, no, routine. No, no, no. I'm saying go, but you have a hard out at 18 months. So at 18 months, you're coming back. Yeah. But what if he likes it? What all if right. he doesn't want to come back? I don't know. Then you make that choice then in, so plan for a heart exit at 18. A hard stop. Get, 
get your ducks in order for a, I'm going to go do this, go do this. And then if things change, then you can adapt then, but try and plant the seeds now that you're going to go do this and then come back to have something there. Yeah. Yeah. I remember one time we were over in, in Hawaii, we went out on one of these uh, Zodiac boat tours and they had a, they had a couple of guys and they'd look like they'd been there and they'd, they'd been in the sun for too many years, you know, 10, 12 years. And they also kind of um, spoke like they'd uh, spent a lot of time putting resin on surfboards and stuff, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and at the end of the tour here, we, we've had this incredible day. I mean, we'd driven through waterfalls and seen dolphins and swim with fish and, and what have you. And they're, you know, they're collecting tips from us in a, in a coconut. And my first thought was, wow, here these guys are in the middle of their life and, you know, they're, they're making money by having, you know, white tourists who are now sunburned tourists, uh, giving them money in a coconut. But then it occurred to me, uh, you know, if, if every day that they're out on this boat is just a little piece of the experience we had today, that's a good lifestyle. That's a good lifestyle. Now, they're not going to make it on Wall Street. They're not going to do a lot of other things that we all like to think is important and things maybe we want to accomplish. But from their perspective, it looked like they had a, a pretty rich and full life, even though they were collecting money in a coconut. I don't know. You tell me. They're on clear waters playing with dolphins, driving a boat through waterfalls amongst nature every day for their entire life. Versus just saying, I don't know. Yeah, sounds pretty I, good. I, I hear you, brother. You know? I hear you. Yeah. Sounds pretty good. So I don't know. I think there's two sides to it. I think I've, I fell on the side of, um, you know, spending some time taking the risk that you won't come back. Um, but uh, there's something to be said to staying in the game and, and um, you know, moving on further through your, um, through your career to say nothing of, that it could be three or four years that his money isn't going to compound. If you're thinking like a true TFW peer, those are several years that you will not be accumulating some savings or retirement, and you will miss out on some very important years of compounding in the early parts of your life. But hey, maybe it's worth it. Something to think about. I agree. Yeah, sounds good. I think that's all the time that we've got a fun little email and some interesting stuff today talking about the Parkinson's law, not the Parkinson's disease, but the Parkinson's law and how we can use that law to make ourselves more productive um, in the long term. This is Dave Hagan, and you've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Remember, Dave will randomly draw from the submitted questions and pick the winner of a free one-hour personal conversation with Dave to help you achieve your financial goals. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications. 
or share the podcast via the app with your family and friends. This is your announcer, Nick Appel, wishing you every financial success.